Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Today is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. On this day in 1649, Charles I of England was brought to parliamentary court to face charges of high crimes and treason stemming from the English Civil War. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Carter Roy of Conspiracy Theories, another Spotify original from Parcast. He'll also be hosting our upcoming special on the Kennedys. Carter will discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to take a look at the trial of King Charles I. Let's go back to that cold morning on January 20th, 1649 just outside Westminster Hall in London. Despite the horrid weather, crowds gathered in Westminster, all clamoring to get a glimpse of their disgraced king, Charles I. A lucky few were led inside to watch the proceedings, a first of its kind in London. Not only was Charles being brought in front of a court, he was being tried for high crimes and treason. The penalty, if found guilty, was death. Those inside the large hall didn't have a great view. They were obstructed from seeing Charles by large wooden partitions blocking the aisle for his safety. But the crowd knew when the trumpets sounded that Charles had arrived. Clad in black, holding an ornamental cane, the 48-year-old monarch made his way behind the partition toward the court of judges on the other side. Even under fire, Charles looked dignified, meeting the gaze of the men who held his life in their hands. Members of the High Court of Justice, including Oliver Cromwell, looked at their dishonored king, who they believed pushed the country to the brink of collapse, resulting in the death of over 100,000 people. Charles climbed the platform where he was to remain during the trial. At the top, he turned to look at the crowd below. He was met with steely silence. Atop the platform, Charles was met by prosecutor John Cook, who would persuade the court that the king had committed treason. Charles and Cook both knew it wouldn't take much convincing. For decades, Charles clashed with the wealthy members of parliament. He believed in the divine right to rule, or the belief that monarchs were appointed by God. Naturally, he resented the fact that Parliament reserved the right to approve taxation rates, essentially keeping Charles on a leash. He didn't like going to them for money. He wasn't shy about wanting more control over the country's coffers, and Parliament struggled to keep him in line. In January 1642, 
things came to a head when Charles attempted to arrest five members of parliament after they made moves to take more governmental control. Fortunately, those ministers to parliament were tipped off and escaped unharmed. But this incident was the spark that kicked off the English civil wars. The entire country was made to choose sides, either pledging loyalty to their king or fighting on behalf of parliament. The first phase of the conflict lasted five years until Charles was defeated and captured in 1647. But even after his arrest, Charles continued to scheme, rallying support from royalists that extended the war for another year. When his correspondence was uncovered, Parliament and their supporters were enraged, which ultimately led to Charles sitting in front of Parliament on January 20, 1649, listening to Prosecutor John Cook read out the list of charges against him. Halfway through the list, Charles tapped Cook on the shoulder with his cane to distract him. Cook ignored the king, who looked utterly incensed. Charles looked down at the judges, literally and figuratively. To him, his only keeper was God. Enraged, Charles hit Cook with his cane, this time hard enough for the ornamental topper to come tumbling off. As it landed on the ground, Charles looked around to see if anyone would grab it for him, but when no one did, he was forced to bend over and grab it himself. It was a small gesture, but it spoke volumes. The power Charles once mongered was gone. He carefully placed the decoration back on his cane and sat quietly as Cook finished the list of charges. Then, the prosecutor recommended the king be sentenced to death. Up next, Charles learns of his fate. Listeners, this month marks 60 years since John F. Kennedy became the 35th President of the United States, ushering his already prominent family into the highest enclaves of political power. But behind their storied successes lie secrets and scandals so severe, if it were any other lineage, they would have been left in ruin. This January, to commemorate this iconic milestone, dig into the dramas of a real-life American dynasty in the Spotify original from Parcast, The Kennedys. This exclusive series from Spotify features your favorite ParCast hosts, including me, covering every angle of the Kennedys from shows like Conspiracy Theories, Unsolved Murders, Crime Countdown, and others. Assassinations and conspiracies, corruption and cover-ups, international affairs, and extramarital ones, too. Examine all of the Kennedy family's most controversial moments, all in one place. You can binge all 12 episodes of this limited series starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Follow The Kennedys free and exclusively on Spotify. Now back to the story. On this day in 1649, English monarch Charles I appeared in front of the High Court of Justice to face charges of high crimes and treason. And now, my guest Carter Roy will walk us through the fallout of this landmark moment in history. Thanks, Vanessa. 
During the trial, supporters of Oliver Cromwell argued that by attempting to continue the English Civil War after his capture, Charles I had wrongfully endangered the lives of countless English citizens. By this logic, he was guilty of treason. Charles appeared in court four times over seven days, but the proceedings were merely a formality. Charles was found guilty of treason and sentenced to death. In his final days, Charles was held at St. James Palace in London. His only visitors were his chaplain and his two youngest children who came to say tearful goodbyes. Charles I was clearly a lackluster king, but interestingly, he is still regarded as a warm, doting father. On January 30th, 1649, Charles was led from the banqueting house in Whitehall. He wore several layers of clothing to protect him from the bitter cold. He didn't want to shiver in his final moments, lest onlookers think he was shaking in fear. The guards led him outside to the large platform set up for his execution. He slowly climbed the steps and looked out in the vast crowd gathered below. His eyes landed on the executioner, axe already in hand. Charles was asked if he had any final words. He did turn and speak to the large crowd, but unfortunately the breeze picked up at just that moment, drowning out his words. Much of what he said is forever lost in the wind. Moments later, Charles knelt on the platform and placed his head on a wooden block. He asked for a quick moment of prayer. Seconds later, he spread out his hands to signal he was ready. The executioner stepped forward and with one swing decapitated Charles. As the blade came down, the crowd gasped. To many, it seemed that this was the end of the monarchy forever. Of course, we know this was far from the case. England would only go 11 years without a monarch. During this 11-year period, called the Interregnum, Oliver Cromwell ruled England to lackluster success. He was a Puritan at heart, and his stringent policies alienated a lot of people. Eventually, he began to display a lot of the tyrannical qualities that sent Parliament to war with Charles I. By the time of Cromwell's death in 1658, England was in bad shape. Two years later, Parliament reinstated the monarchy, crowning Charles's son, Charles II, in 1660. His descendant, Queen Elizabeth II, sits on the throne today. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Carter, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. 
This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Robert Tyler Walker, with writing assistance by Aaron Lan, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and stars Carter Roy and Vanessa Richardson. Fact. Fiction. Fame. Discover the real story behind one of history's most formidable families in the Spotify original from ParCast, The Kennedys. Remember, you can binge all 12 episodes starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify.